Well, hey, welcome to another episode of the Gospel Forum. My name is Pilgrim Benham, and I'm joined by my friends, Nick and Dan. Hey, hey. What's up, guys? How are you guys? Doing well. I'm excited for another episode, man. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm doing better. Doing better, still recovering. Still recovering. Awesome. Well, <laughs> one of the things- effects at this point. One of the things that, um, you know, I, I like to do stuff and not just, you know, it's the quarantine's been tough for me just sitting at home and um, my wife and I like to be active. So we started kind of this honeydew list that, that we never realized, you know, how extens- extensive it was. But um, basically we cleaned our entire garage. We re- rearranged the kitchen. We've gone through a ton of, you know, items in our closets and basically the whole house has been you know, um, cleaned and revamped. And one of the things (laughs) as we were cleaning up, there's some things we came across that my wife was like, why do we still have that? Why, why do we even own that? And so, um, I don't know, is there, (laughs) is there anything that you guys own that, um, maybe is embarrassing if we were to share that today with our listeners slash viewers slash, um, subscribers. So the goal is to embarrass each other because we're going to share it. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Amen. So who wants to start? We'll start with Dan. We <laughs> Yeah, just Dan actually. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> just me. Just me. All right. So yeah, I would say around the early to mid two thousands. Um I was not very sound foundationally theologically. I'm sure you guys were. Um uh, but uh I wasn't even saved. Well, there you go. So I guess I <laughs> wait. You were probably still doing better off than I was. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I I was kind of getting off track on some kind of some, you know, uh, emergent type of theology, uh, emerging church stuff, and so I was really big into the Numa videos with Rob Bell and stuff like that, uh, way way back in the day. Until of course I got re reborn again. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> No, I don't believe you lose your salvation just for the record. Okay. We, I think we do have an episode on that. Um, but anyway, so I came out of that, but a, a friend of mine uh, was in New York city at the time and Rob Bell was doing a book signing and he thought of me and he uh, got me a copy of Rob Bell's love wins book signed by Rob Bell. Let me see if I can get to the right page here. There you go. He has a really weird signature. So if you want to forge it, there you go. Uh, so I have this in my possession, kind of like as a memory of um, what God has delivered me from, um, <laughs> what kind of what kind of thinking that was back back in the day. And it's it's funny because in it's in my library, but it's in a in a bookshelf that has doors. It's like it's you can't see it like on the shelf. And I I kid Is it with your people. Heresy section. Well, I call it my, yes, I call it, it's my naughty section is what I put it in. And so I have this naughty section in my library. I know that may sound really bad, but I keep all the heretical books down there like Rob Bell and Brian McLaren and all that other stuff. So that's down there. So yes, me, Dan, I, Dan Sardinas have a copy autographed by Rob Bell of Love Wins in which he denies that hell is even a thing. And if it is, it won't be forever. There you go. Wow. I don't let people know that I have that until I guess right now live on this broadcast, but there you go. How about you guys? 
that's a that's a that's a pretty bad one <laughs> can you top that well um now see it would be worse if i went to get the signature but a buddy of mine sent it to me that's true yeah um honestly i don't know if i can <laughs> like so i should have gotten last then i moved just like two years ago so i threw a lot of stuff away um so but the thing is is like i'm pretty sure like probably in my garage um i have an old photo album of um of when i was a teenager which was not pre-christ this is my bc years um um where i um there's a picture of me where i was wearing you know my normal clothes which was a <laughs> basketball jersey with um basketball shorts halfway down my legs um, okay because I grew up in what is colloquially called the hood. Okay. And, um, I was a, um, oh, how do you put this delicately? Uh, I, I was a thug life, like hardcore. Yeah, I, I had that phase as well, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was... Um, take nick out of the hood but you can't take the hood out of that's nick. right you can't that's take right. the hood out <laughs> so nick was down with some gangster rap is that what you're saying yeah very much like yeah. i had like every eminem song memorized um i like i looked up to eminem which is if you know his life you should not look up to eminem uh but it wasn't and, just and, and for our real holy holy listeners He's not talking about the candy. No, no. Yeah, um, those of you watching, you can see he obviously has the backwards hat. He's still yeah, he's yeah, still, still yeah, you know, you know. But, is that is that is that a crack pipe behind you? I, I'm not sure. It looks like a crack a crack pipe. No, no, no. It's not a crack pipe. It is uh, no the other thing. The other thing. Oh, those are books from from the the lighting. It looks like a crack pipe. I don't know. Oh yeah, these are my, <laughs> these are books that I'm either currently reading or about to start. I uh, I got you. I don't, I don't know what a crack pipe looks like, Dan. How would you know what a crack pipe looks like? <laughs> I went I went to a rich school, so I have uh, no idea. So the drugs are still there. They're just more expensive. Um, but. But yeah, so I uh, I grew up in the hood, um, and I have some pictures where, um, again, these are my pre-Christian days. Like, there's one, that specific one, I was um, smoking something that is illegal um, in the picture, and you can absolutely tell. Like, it was it's... A no, it wasn't a crack pipe, no. But it, it was bad. And like and I had a picture of it and the picture's like a little embarrassing. But like yeah. if somebody like finds it, like I, I always say like, hey, like yep, you I wasn't a Christian. To, I was just kidding about trying to outdo me, Nick. You know, you really didn't have to go there. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I can't find the picture. So well, that's the question good. was, do you still have something? I'm like, I don't even know if I do. So See, but this is just like a memory of my sanctification 
you know, and where God has brought me since then. (laughs) Mine's, you know, mine's a memory of, you know, my, uh, how how God has saved me. So there, that's good. What Uh, you got Pilgrim? Yeah. So (laughs) we still have in our possession, um, two ticket stubs from Les Miserables. Uh, we went years ago, uh, you know, great story of redemption, um, and the law and, um, anyway, just a fascinating um, play, you know. And so we went, <clears throat> we were very inexperienced in theater. So we, um, <laughs> this, those tickets just remind us of the, the huge gaffe that we made. But we, we basically went and saw, uh, and I know the story. I know, I've, you know, I've been exposed to it. I've listened and, and read and watched uh, multiple times. But when we actually saw it live, there's just a bit of peer pressure when you arrive at the location. It's just funny how, um, you know, you put people into a crowd and suddenly they're screaming, great is Artemis of the Ephesians, and we don't even know why. Um, (laughs) So uh, we find ourselves there. We got there late. Admittedly, we did not get the playbill. So we we got there late, did not have the program. Uh, We were ushered to our seats. Um, Even that's an embarrassing thing. So it's pitch black. We we, we don't know where we're at in the show. It's it's a bit into it. Um, We're watching it. Um, the lights come on. It seems like a big conclusion. We go down and I'm thinking it's intermission, but we go down and everyone is just exiting to their cars. So we thought, oh, it's over. Well, that was a great show. And so we, um, we, we drive home, you know, what a wonderful night out. You know, we had, we had a great dinner and got to see Les Miserables. So the next morning we're watching Fox 13 and they're doing like a vignette about it. And they said, who could ever forget the the, the amazing, you know, battle conclusion. And I looked over at Jen, I was like, I forget, because that didn't happen, that's not how it ended. And so we, we actually got the playbill on the way out and we went and looked and sure enough, we had left. So we have officially seen half. At intermission, uh, you left at intermission? We left at intermission. <laughs> we saw that's half funny. of the playbill as well. So that's funny. Kind of remind us of that huge gaffe. Yeah. Well, that's, that's not as bad as Rob Bell or smoking a crack pipe, but... Uh, <laughs> no, Nick did not smoke a crack pipe in case you're tuning in late here. Uh, <laughs> well, that, that is a good segue um, to yeah, our topic today. That's, that's a perfect <laughs> segue. Let's go. Um, so, you know, talking about photos that can come back and resurface, um, there, there, there is a, a new bit of technology that, that does capture all of our idle words and all of our idle actions that we record with a camera or um, you know, on, on text, and it's social media. So um, today's topic is um, how are Christians to interact or react on social media? Um, and so I'm gonna reference, guys, a couple different times. I'm gonna reference a book that I highly recommend. You can get it on desiringgod.com for free. Um, the PDF version is, is downloadable. It's called 12- I think it's .org, desiringgod.org. .org, yes. Um, 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You by Tony Rinke. Um, mm. Great read. Um, and so I wanted to uh, just just ask a couple questions here um, that we can kind of speak through. But when we talk about social media and technology, can we first define that? Like, what is social media? What does it mean to use social media? Um, and, you know, what do we mean by that? Some people may still not fully have the right definition. <laughs> Sure. Social um, media is aggravation. Amen. <laughs> uh, it's a cesspool. <laughs> a distraction during your day. 
Amen. Uh, are we talking like real definition or what it could be? Hey, I'm, I'm with you either way. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, social media, uh, is a, uh, what's, what's often called, um, in like, um, any kind of actual like media or journalistic, uh, setting it's called new media. And, uh, so social, social media, basically what it does is it, um, it's a platform in which people can interact with one another, um, in various forums, various ways. So for example, the most popular one is Facebook. Facebook allows you to, uh, message, to call, to video, uh, chat. Uh, but more importantly, it allows you to comment on either a person's individual thoughts, uh, which is a status and comments, uh, or, um, on articles. Uh, so news articles, uh, news sources such as, you know, Fox news, CNN, MSNBC, they'll all have their own social media platform. And then people can either interact, um, in a way that they like, uh, love, care, laugh at, get angry or get sad about um, a certain news article. Uh, they'll comment on it or they'll share the article. Uh, then you have other platforms such as Twitter. Um, there's other like video platforms uh, such as Snapchat. What's more popular now is TikTok. Um, so Especially with the Chinese government. Yeah. Amen. So, uh, so there's a lot of different social media platforms really kind of started with MySpace back in the mid two thousands, but then has evolved over the years. So um, Nick, let's see how old you are. Have you, did, did you have a MySpace? I did. You did? That's, actually okay. how, that's how I learned HTML. Interesting. Yeah. Cause you can, you can change your, uh, you can change your background, the function of, uh, your video, uh, or your, um, because I mean, MySpace that was like that was that's like twenty years ago. Yeah, I'm actually thinking of getting a MySpace. Close. Yeah, I think it came out in two thousand four, two thousand five. Okay. Right. So, so yeah, so at least fifteen years for sure. Because I remember I got mine when I was a junior in high school, so that would have been two thousand five. Hmm. So, uh, but I mean, th there was more before MySpace, uh, like Live Journal. Um, there was a couple more before that, but MySpace really kind of launched it. That's when, um, you know, um, news organizations and, um, even movies were advertising, uh, using a MySpace account. Um, music artists were doing it as well. So MySpace really catapulted the social media world and then Facebook, took it, you know, exponentially further, which, you know, Facebook's still the more popular one. I mean, even in a sense, YouTube is social media because you're, you do have comment boxes, but on YouTube, you can actually turn the comment boxes off at, at least. So, so, uh, so but because yeah, of that, yeah. you, you have a lot of people gathered talking about a certain topic uh, that normally wouldn't be physically together. So you can have a much wider audience. Yeah. So, so Dan, on that note, so that's um, kind of the media side of it, but on the social side of it, um, how, how does social media 
in a in a pseudo way and, and we're going to spend a little bit of time on the negatives and then maybe kind of finish off with more of the positive use um, yeah. but you know in what ways can you interact you know socially or maybe a better question is does social media replace true community true face-to-face -face interactive community if it does how so if it does not how so it does not replace it um you know obviously there are benefits to it especially in the time that we're living in now with this uh coronavirus pandemic where it's hard to it may be harder to see people in person like like we're used to um and some people do try to use it as a replacement and which is a very bad idea because it's not very personal um i think i'm sorry what what was your question like the, the positiveness or negative yeah like if if it does replace community it does not replace community um uh, I, I and i and i would say the reason why is because i don't think everyone puts their their best foot that mean they're they're everyone's putting their best foot forward if you will so here's here's uh, a profile picture which actually looks nothing like me. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm much I'm actually much more attractive in my picture I just posted that I had to take ten times just Amen. to get in the right lighting, just so you could think I'm somebody. I look different than I really am, um, or or I'm really not. I really don't read my Bible, but I do post Bible verses at times, uh, so people think I'm spiritual type of thing. And so I think uh, it's not a replacement. For because I think we can not, uh, people are not being real on there. You know what I mean? It's not a, uh, a, a legitimate source of fellowship or of community because of the facades that happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think, so you, you see kind of the advent of some of these platforms in the early 2000s, but it wasn't until like 2008 that we saw the, the invention and the, the real promotion of like the iPhone and then smartphones became much more mainstream to now. Most of us, apart from our smartphones, would be, within a few minutes, would be anxious. You know, you get up. Um, Very true. I've sat with a group of, of guys before at dinner, but if someone puts their phone on the table and picks it up and checks it, immediately all the guys at the table will kind of, you know, give a glance. And, and you get a shot of dopamine when you do that. Um but according to Tony Rinke, he says, we check our smartphones 81,500 times each year or once every 4.3 minutes of our waking lives. So you, you, I think this compounds the problem that now we have instant access. Mm -hmm. Any question that we have, if you're with your wife and you're wondering, like, how far is the moon from earth like, like how, mm -hmm. how many miles is it um you right. can immediately you know in the past you'd have to look up encyclopedia britannica 240,000 miles perfect <laughs> that's good you know thanks we, alexa <laughs> we have siri we have google and so um but now we now we introduce the opinions and you know the the different aspects you know on social media that are now available immediately so how do you think that now presents a new challenge to us as Christians? Well, I, th I think, I think for, I mean, for what I see both on Twitter and on Facebook is that people are much more willing to say things behind a keyboard that they would never say to a person face to face. Amen. And I think that has really done much, much damage to 
uh, our culture. All right. So um, give some examples of that. Like, what do you mean? Let's flesh that out a little bit. Where people, people would not genuinely be willing to interact with another person that they disagree with, for example, face to face for, for, for whatever reason. Uh, they're shy or they stumble over their words or whatever. But for some reason, they have much more of a power trip, I guess, when they're behind a screen and a keyboard, and then they could be mean-spirited or vindictive, and they could just say, you're an idiot uh, or, or you're foolish. And sometimes maybe that's not out of the question to do if the person is way off base, done in a right way. But I think that it just empowers people with this false sense of, uh, power, uh, where they could treat people different because they don't have maybe the Imago day in front of them. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's like, this is not a real person. It's just an account. I'm typing. It's an avatar I'm typing to, um, or it's an account instead of having a real flesh and blood person in front of me. And so I've seen a lot of mean spirited things. I think I've seen people lie about one another. People, um, say things that are just truly mean spirited. Um, and I think it's done much to damage relationships, um, that are, that should be interpersonal. And so, because people have maybe have been so damaged by their social media experience, maybe that makes them less likely to engage somebody in real life. Uh, and so I, I, I think it, I, I have seen that maybe that's a little bit much. So Dan, would you, would you say then that social media has made people less social? Absolutely. Ironically. Yeah, it has. Yeah. Because, because I think, um, again, there's, I think there's a, for some, not everyone, obviously, for some, there is a let, uh, especially when they have a a fake name with their ID or they have some, they're pretending to be somebody else. There's a lot of these um, pseudo sites or pseudo accounts where you don't even know who the person is. And then they have a much more freedom to just say whatever they want. Um, And so less social because we're hiding behind a fake version of who we are uh, or pretending to be somebody we're not. And people could do that in real life. There's no doubt about it, but even more so, you know, behind, behind a a screen name. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many, so many times that um, I'll get a text and I'll wonder like, wow, that sounds, you know, or someone's post, man, that sounds a little bit harsh and without being able to hear the person's, you know, inflection maybe they're being a little bit oh, sarcastic yeah. and fun and, and lighthearted and winsome, but it's coming across the opposite. So um, yeah. that, that's definitely a challenge. Just reading texts. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I mean, social media does have its value, but I think we have to have some parameters. We have to have guidelines about how we use it. And so like nine times out of 10, I will avoid debating on, on that's just I, I on facebook or or twitter you know what i mean i i might state my opinion but then if the person goes back i mean even yesterday somebody was commenting on something i shared about something about bethel church and some gandalf thing they did and you know i responded to them uh just to reiterate my position and then they kept going and i'm like i'm out just because i have no desire just to you know, I have no desire just to get into an argument or waste my time typing all day long about these things. Now, you know, that, that, that's, that part just frustrates me. But I think people are much more willing to fight online than they are in person. And I think that's ruined our ability to dialogue with one another 
to listen to one another and to actually um, represent the other person well. Uh, I think it, social media has done much for the whole idea of a straw man where you're building up someone's argument just to tear it down. And what you're, what you've built up as their argument is not even truly representative of what they believe. And so I think a lot of that has been harmful. I'm not saying that it's all bad, uh, but it's definitely not all good. And I think if you're going to use social media, I think you got to have some guidelines. All right. So what am I going to post? You know what I mean? How am I going to engage people? You know, what am I going to say to another one? What do I do if I find someone that, Hey, I'm actually really friendly or personal with in real life, but here, (laughs) on Facebook, I'm like, man, they annoy me to no end. Um, you know, what, what am I going to do in that situation? Yeah. And I mean, you're so right. We live in a time where, uh, we, let's say on Twitter, we see this 32nd, you know, clip of a, of a sermon, um, of a, you know, of a news report. And so we immediately, Oh, I can't believe that this is ridiculous. Retweet, um, you know, contextually, there should be, in some cases, no reason for what was said to be said. And it's completely flatly, you know, irresponsible or wrong. Um, but in other times, it can be completely contextually wrong. And and it was posted as, yeah, like you're saying, uh, it's used as a straw man. And so, um, yeah. Nick, how do you think that makes it more difficult now? Now we have Snopes to try to, you know, flush out. Um, we Which, fake news. We've got we've got Facebook, you know, fake news, you know, corrective uh, bots and whatnot. So how has that current climate of, of just in, misinformation made it more challenging for us as Christians? Sure. And what makes it even more difficult is sometimes you need uh, fact checkers to check the fact checkers. Right. Uh, because a lot of times like a fact checker will say, well, no, this is fake. And you actually like look into it and you're like, no, actually this is real. And you're like, so the fact checkers are wrong. So the fact checkers need to be fact checked too. And it just kind of becomes in this cycle, um, you know, which makes it, which just compounds in uh, the issue because, uh, um, you know, if you have people that are supposed to be fact checking misinformation and they're actually the ones giving misinformation, then it, it, it almost, it almost makes you feel like no one is trustworthy and you can't trust anyone at that point. Yeah. So then how it's, it's made me very skeptical. Yeah. uh, To be honest with you. I mean, if I evaluate my social media experience, it's, it makes me very skeptical to not believe something that someone has said. And I don't like that. I I don't, I I don't either. Uh, You know, in one sense, like we should always be checking, you know, verifying what someone says like if they make like a propositional statement or a fact statement, but you don't have to have the, um, not necessarily the skeptical attitude about it, but like kind of the meanness that comes with the skeptical attitude. You're like, oh, well, they're wrong. It's like, well, maybe. Like they, they're not necessarily wrong. You just, you aren't certain. So you look into it. Like, mm-hmm it doesn't necessarily mean that they're automatically wrong just because you disagree with it. That's the other thing too, because, you know, we live in a world where you're not allowed to disagree with anyone. Um, people, because I, I think Christianity, uh, more than anything, not only allows for people to disagree with you, but it teaches you how to disagree well and disagree 
um, lovingly. Mm. Um, scripture says, do not quarrel. It does not say do not debate. Uh, and to quarrel is to kind of fight and like, you know, uh, start calling people names. Like, well, you're a moron because you believe this. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, you know, uh, so, so yeah, but you know, as Dan said before, you know, like it, uh, it allows people to straw man. Uh, and I've noticed people, people start acting like this in real life too. Well, you know, Republicans believe this and it's like, uh, no, they don't. Um, you know, that might be what someone told you, or that might be what you think they believe. Um, so people start even in real life, people start stating opinions as if they were fact. Yeah, I mean, I know people who have built their whole worldview on memes they have read on social media. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I, I've read it on social media. And some meme that some guy made somewhere. It's like, how do you know that's even yeah. right? Yeah. How, how do you know they're even representing the truth? You know, and it's not some conspiracy theory that's just getting clicks and likes because that's one of the reasons they – created that is to get clicks and likes and it's not it's misrepresenting the person that is behind just just yesterday i um i saw a uh meme where someone said you know so and so said something and then they give the book citation well i have the book i pulled it up and the person says the exact opposite of what the meme said because like in the in the paragraph of the book uh, they like the book says, and then you'll hear people say something like da 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 da, right? And then the meme says, "Well, this person said da 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 da." It's like no 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 yeah. no, like they're saying a different position, right? They're actually quoting something else, right? Uh, as if they disagreed with it, yeah. And then your meme is saying, "No, this is their actual statement." It's like no 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 no. Um, yeah. So we live in a bizarre time in, in history where everyone suddenly has a platform to have a voice and everyone is now an expert and yet no one is an expert. So yeah. I kind of see us going through a very, <laughs> uh, a very laser focused mini enlightenment where people are coming back to, we need knowledge, we need experts, we need science. And there's almost like a resurgence of, you know, oh, uh, we, we need the, um, you know, this, this, objective, um, verifiable truth over, um, someone's experience. Um, right. Yeah. So, and then one of the, one of the phrases utilized during the enlightenment was ad fontes to the source. So people were back to the I source. Mean, yeah. That's, that's kind of what, you know, I did yesterday. Uh, you know, I, I actually looked up the book reference, uh, you know, and you know, I'm not saying, you know, I'm an enlightened person, but, uh, but I mean, I'm seeing that more and more, you know, and, and I think that's what initially like, you know, Snopes or fact checker, like, I think that's initially how they started, you know, they, they actually took you to the source, but it, it seems to have morphed into advocating certain political opinions, yeah. um, unfortunately, but, but I, I, I'm, I, I do agree with you. I, I think people are wanting to get to more an objective understanding, uh, you know, but this is the thing, like people are walking contradictions, you know, people are not logical systems, people are contradictory. So on the one hand, like they'll want an objective fact about something, but then on the other hand, 
they'll run with complete pure emotion about it too. And it's like, you, you can't have both. Yeah. So what are some rules that you guys have for your social media usage? I, I, I know for me, I try at all costs to avoid politics, you know what I mean? So, because it's just, it's just not very, very, very helpful. So I, I will try to share things because primarily when I post something, it's for the people in my church, um, to be honest with you, people that I'm, I'm engaged with in real life. Uh, so I try to share helpful articles, um, of course, the only helpful articles are on the gospelforum.com. So okay. I always share those um, <laughs> or some other, ed, you know, edifying things that help them theologically or scripture verses. I will share things from my life, but I will never get too personal. You know what I mean? Uh, we'll share last night. I, I posted a picture of my dog sleeping with his tongue hanging out. You know what I mean? Just I something, to, <laughs> just something to, I'll share stuff to make people smile or laugh or something that's funny. So, I mean, that's just how I'm saying, you know what, if I'm going to use social media, I want to, I want to help somebody. Um, I, I want to encourage somebody, you know, I, I want to make someone laugh. And so that's what I will share. That's what I will post. Um, that's, I mean, yep. h- how about you guys? What, what kind of rules? So in other words, what you're saying is uh, keeping your mind focused upon those things that are both uh, good, true, beautiful things that are above. Correct. Yeah. Now I'm not saying I'm not going to share something, for example, if there's something heretical coming out of uh, Bethel or something like that, that I want to warn people about. Sure. Uh, that's, that doesn't violate my rules because to me, that's a part of edification, but I want to make sure that I'm not violating the ninth commandment that I'm sharing something that's false and misconstrued and that I'm just trying to tear someone down. If I yeah. share something critical of somebody, then I want to make sure that it's for the purpose of, Hey, uh, I'm just not posting this to make this person look like an idiot. They probably are, but I'm not sharing it for that purpose. I'm sharing it for you to warn you because I'm your pastor. I'm your <clears> shepherd, <throat> primarily to the people of my church uh, and people that I've pastored in the past to say, watch out for this. You know, this is not good. Don't fall into this trap. So th- that's just kind of how I see my social media usage. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's similar to my rule of thumb. My rule of thumb is one out of 10 one out of 10 posts are going to be corrective, uh, maybe more um, exhortative, maybe more, it may be perceived as negative. Like, hey, the church in general is failing to do this, or here's a false teacher we need to be aware of. So one out of 10, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, in other words, I want, I want 90% of my posting to be exalting and adorning the gospel. I want it to be, you know, um, showing the supremacy of God in the church and the enjoyment um, that we can have as Christians in creation, you know? Um, so, so it might be some fun things. It might be star Wars related. It might be completely, you know, but I'm, right. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to, I, I really like Ray Ortland. Um, Ray Ortland has a, a posture on social media that is um, very positive. Some, some church leaders in the last few years have, gotten some flack for some things that they've said um, on podcasts and they're immediately written off like uh, this guy's an idiot, you know, and, and it's retweeted thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of times. Um, and, you know, I see Ray Ortland reaching out to that guy as an example and just saying, Hey, I, I see that you're, you know, you're, you're condemning a lot of, uh, you know, Christians who are not um, having fathers in the church. Well, I'd love to be a spiritual father to you. Here's my, here's my information. Let's talk. Um, 
So, you know, being more of a catalyst for encouragement because um, yeah. there's so much vitriol, man. There's just the, every, my wife, Jen, has actually dropped off of social media um, in the last month. And she said she has more time. She has more joy. Mm -hmm. She's not going to bed. And then seeing that one irritating post that keeps her up all night long, frustrated. Yeah, I know. Better. She's just enjoying her quality of life. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I want, if anyone comes across my feed, I want them to be informed. I want them to be, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, first Corinthians 14 talks about prophecy in the church, that it should be for edifying, for encouragement, for comfort. Um, I, I think we can still challenge and, and rebuke and, you know, correct, but um, I want it to be that that's kind of my rule of thumb is, is one out of 10 needs to be corrective or negative, And the other nine need to just be, you know, pointing up, pointing to Christ. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, I'm not as intentional, which <laughs> probably is made clear if you look at my social media, but uh, over the, over the last few years, um, I've certainly, I've certainly become less and less combative um, you know, and I'll chalk that up to sanctification for sure. I was gonna, I was, the gangster rap is still coming out of you. That's what just you're a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, so, um, so definitely, uh, you know, I've become less and less combative, but I'll also say, uh, over the last few years, um, with really understanding the law of God, it's become more and more my parameters on that. And, you know, I've, I've never really tried to misrepresent what somebody believes uh, because my view has always been, if you misrepresent what somebody believes and you're not actually dealing with the issue. Uh, but now it's more in the context of if you misrepresent what somebody believes and you're breaking the ninth commandment, which says do not bear false witness. Um, so it's more in that context now uh, rather than a, pragmatic um context it's more in a biblical parameter uh context uh but you'll also see you know um you know romans 12 you know i, I know pilgrim talked about this passage uh last episode but um you know starting in verse uh nine let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another showing honor? <laughs> How do you, you don't see that on social media. Yeah. You know, you really don't. Not on Twitter, not on Facebook, not on any, any other social media platform. You don't see trying to outdo one another in showing honor. You see outdoing one another and trying to make the better picture uh, mm -hmm. you know, or the better video or, you know, the better post or trying to one up one. I another. got more likes or shares than you did. Exactly. You know, but not outdo one another and showing honor. Um, do not be slothful in zeal, but fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. You know, where, where do we see, you know, people utilizing social media to contribute to the needs of saints? I'm not saying it's not there, but is that prevalent? Yeah. Uh, is that dominant? It's, it's unfortunately not, not even among believers, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, so, and then, you know, you can work through the rest of that passage. You know, I, I like the, the title head that the ESV has it, Marks of the True Christian. Yeah. And it's like, oh, 
I probably should be doing this in all of my life. And that includes my interactions on social media. That includes, you know, my, my tweets, but then my retweets and then my interactions with tweets or, you know, what I say in comment boxes or whatever. So, uh, utilizing more and more, you know, I'm not perfect, even close to it. Uh, but you know, over the years, you know, I've been utilizing more and more the law of God to be my parameters and not only what I post, but what I interact with. So you guys both have more friends than I do on Facebook. I don't know most of them. So I shouldn't base my self-worth based on that, right? I mean, Pilgrim has almost 2,000 friends on Facebook. Now, he probably does know most of them. Uh, Pilgrim's a popular 1984, guy. which is a very scary year. Um, <laughs> and almost, almost like 2020 in a sense. Uh, Nick has 1226. 42 okay. mutual friends. So I, I've only got like 1104 or something. I mean, so am yeah. I less of a person? Should I <laughs> see that? That's the other thing. I mean, I think a lot of it is that it's made us so narcissistic as a society. Yeah. Oh, I mean, absolutely. who saw, who saw my post? who liked my video, you know, who gave me a retweet on Twitter and yeah. you know, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I've had those feelings like, oh, yeah, let, let me check 10 times to see who shared my article or who liked my thing. Who liked I think I did status. that yesterday. Yeah, in reverse of that, uh, what I see more, instead of finding validation in the likes, it's the discouragement from the lack of, uh, of yeah. traffic. Why didn't right. anyone like my post? Why isn't right. anyone sharing it? Right. Um, yeah. Well, and, and there's another aspect to this too, guys. Like as Christians, there's a lot of stuff in the news. There's a lot of... Um, I've been getting pressure, not from people in our church, but from other people to weigh in on certain things. So, um, yeah. Give so me your this, political opinion. Yeah. So on this extreme, we have virtue signaling where, you know, the definition of that is basically I'm going to, uh, you know, because everyone else is saying something about this big social matter, I want to, you know, chime in so that you know that I'm on board with it and we're riding right. this bandwagon. So that's virtue signaling over here. But then over here is complete mm -hmm. silence and, and staying away from anything and, and having an occasion to present gospel truth into a situation that needs our voice. So how do you guys handle that as far as should you weigh in? When do you weigh in? Do you weigh in? Um, and, and what does that look like for you guys? And you know what I mean? Just all the different things that we're going through lately. I think you can't weigh in on everything. It, yeah. It's just, and I think some people weigh in too soon. You know, like yeah. so you see something, you see something happen, you jump all over it, and then you only have half the story um if that yeah and then you real and then the truth comes out later that that wasn't all the facts and then you look like an idiot because you jumped in too too soon and i mean what what proverb says that right that it's uh a fool <laughs> makes a decision before he hears the whole matter or something like that i just paraphrased yeah. it um but yeah there's a yeah there's a lot of uh, proverbs that could apply to our social media usage about listening yeah. and speaking and hearing and um, I think I mean, that's, I think it's very important, but yeah, I, mean, I, I agree with you. Pilgrim. I mean, the book of James says, you know, be quick to listen and slow to speak. Yeah. And, you know, one of the specific, you know, issues that's going on, you know, right now is, you know, the whole racial reconciliation stuff. 
And a lot of the signs that are, you know, at some of the protests say silence is violence. Yet, I mean, Christians, I don't think should be silent on issues, but they should be slow to speak. And if you're not speaking as fast and as uh, emotional as somebody else, then you're regarded as not speaking at all. And the thing is, is Christians are to be different. We also fall into this false assumption that that we're going to be this influence changer on social media and that because of something I say, I'm going to change the world by this post. Right. You know what I mean? And like, I'm going to change the narrative here. I mean, that's foolish. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm sure people can be persuaded. People have had their minds changed over a topic. Um, but let's, let's be honest. The things that really get us excited are the things we already agree with. The yeah. things that are already part of our bias or presuppositions are the things that we're going to resonate the most with. We're not going to be willing to engage with those things that are contrary to where we stand or contrary to who we are, because that's, you know, whatever. We're going to be more likely to just add to the things that we already came into the dialogue with, and that's not helpful at all. Yeah. And that's so it, cer- it certainly feeds pride and narcissism, you know, but, you know, Romans 12, you know, here again, uh, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who le- weep, live in harmony with one another, do not be haughty, but associate yeah. with the lowly. But then again, there is a lot of benefits to it. So let's just not all be oh, naysayers sure. here because Amen. let's face it, without social media, I probably wouldn't have met any of you. Yeah, you know what I mean? True. And so it does provide avenues of connection with people that you probably would never have met. Um, and also it has allowed me to keep up with people who are physically distant, um, in other States or other parts of the world that I would, or during quarantine, right. That I would never been able to communicate with, um, even during this time where, you know, we're Facebook living our, our, our services, we got people around the world watching that through Facebook. So for all the evils that it brings, for all the frustrations that it brings, there are a lot of blessings. There are a lot of positives that can be engaged. And I think that, you know, there probably hasn't been, I mean, I could be wrong about this, but if there's anything positive about this whole pandemic thing, I think it has allowed um, the gospel to be heard uh, probably more and more than in recent memory than any other time of history. Uh, Where you have constant Facebook feeds and live streams going out all the time. I remember when this first started back in March and April, my newsfeed was nonstop full of preaching and, and f- church services being uh, in sermon clips. It was great. And I'm thinking, wow, this is definitely a, a benefit and a, and a plus of this. And so let's not all be naysayers either. There's a lot sure. of dangers to avoid. Uh, there's parameters to follow so you don't fall into certain traps, but there's also a lot of blessings that I think God uses to disciple people. Yeah, I mean, right. that's what that's what we hope to do. I mean, our main avenue of getting the gospel form content out is through social media. Yeah. So if it wasn't for social media, we'd have a much smaller part of the internet that people would not be able to know, know about us. And so anyway, I just wanted to bring that into the conversation too. It's not that we totally hate social media. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's like a necessary evil because there is so much good that comes out of it. But I think we have to reevaluate how we use it for the glory of God as the foundation of everything we post, read, share, whatever. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to say is um, for kind of our last question. What 
what are some ways that social media can advance the gospel? You mentioned, um, you know, showing sermon um, content and how that's streaming around the world. I know the the online church, um, the church online uh, forum or platform rather um, that comes out of Life Church. They said that every large recognized established nation in the world on Easter weekend had a church service broadcast. And I can't vouch for the um, the quality of those churches, but um, but in every right. single country in the world, there was a gospel. You know, there was a church service being broadcast. So that that's it, that's the, progress. That's exciting. going to all the nations, right? I Didn't mean, say exactly how. Well, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, can, I mean, can you imagine? You know, those first disciples to the nations, to the world. I mean, how are we going to do that? And obviously, they didn't know everything that we would know today through radio, through I mean, there's stories about how the radio has impacted communist China uh, through these underground, underground radio stations that are broadcasting and people are hearing the gospel and becoming Christians and churches are, be, are being planted through radio, right? That apostles would never have imagined that. Then, of course, you got TV and now, of course, the Internet. So, um, yeah, you've the, got the, you know, the printing press and how yeah. that brought about the Reformation. Ultimately, I think the... Um, you know, with everything that we're given technology or anything, we can, we can, my three R's are always what I think of. We can, we can completely reject it as, you know, that, that cannot be received by a Christian. It's got to be rejected outright. We can receive it, you know, so we can reject it or receive it. So I'm just going to embrace it and do, you know, use it to its fullest extent, or we can redeem it. You know, we can take how the world is using it for evil and we can use it for for good and for gospel good. Um, right. so I think the same thing with social media, we could as Christians just receive it and fall into the same, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to post the exact same thing the world's posting, <laughs> but what an, what an occasion we have, you know, to yeah. redeem yeah. this platform to the glory of God. Yeah. yeah. Amen. And, and I want to, I want to comment one thing briefly is a, a lot of times on social media, especially like, you know, specifically Twitter, but even on Facebook, like, you know, I don't want to read a super long post. I don't like, I'll, I'll admit it, you know, you know, TLDR too long, didn't read. And, um, you know, but because of that, because, you know, a lot of people don't want to read a super long post. So if you go into this long gospel presentation, honestly, it's going to fall on blind eyes you know, in deaf ears, because people aren't going to read it, people aren't going to, you know, hear what you have to say. So it's allowed Christians to concise their words, but they've, they've really had to think through, like, how they're going to present the gospel. Uh, so, so instead of like the fluff, they get straight to the point, which, you know, a lot of sermons, you know, they're a lot of them are fluff. You know, right. you, you hear even some of these like 20 minute sermonettes, really, there's only like, you know, a handful of sentences right at the end that you can say, Hey, that was actually the point of the sermon, you know? Um, you know, so now, you know, people are believers are really having to think through not only the communicative value of certain mm -hmm. things, uh, but they're actually having to kind of doctrinally think through things, you know, because, how, how do I have to say this in a way that it's biblical? So, you know, I, I think, you know, uh, you know, I think Dan was 
not necessarily, you know, purposefully alluding to, but, you know, Matthew 13 talks about um, the parable where the weeds and the wheat are growing together, you know, uh, you know, until the end, you know, so I, I think social media is one of those aspects where, you know, we see the weed and the weeds, uh, the wheat and the weeds growing together. Yeah. All right, guys. So um, before we wrap up, um, when we think about how we are to interact with other Christians, so this, again, we are, we are a covenant community. We're called out of darkness into light. We're different and distinct from the world. So um, there should be a little bit of a difference, I think, in how we interact with our Christian brothers and sisters in front of the world publicly on social media. So just, just you only get one word, uh, and I'll throw a word in there as well, but you only get one word. How would you say, what word would you use to describe how we are to interact with our Christian brothers and sisters on social media? And we'll start with Dan, just one word. Graceful. Graceful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say lovingly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say, yeah, charitable. Mm -hmm. uh, charity. Yeah. Also praise in public, but uh, confront in private. Yeah. I think, I, I think that's godly. I think yeah. um, one of the things I've seen lately is when two Christians get a little bit snarky or a little bit strong with each other. Um, I've been encouraged by finding out later that there has been like, there, there was a little bit of a um, public like, Hey, why don't we, why don't we stop here and let's pick it up on message. Yes. Um, they won't even do that. They'll just jump on the messenger and say, Hey, can we get together? I'm, I don't want to, you know, look like we're fighting and then they'll delete the whole post just to, to save face. I've, I've had to do that with some people, you know, where they, they want to get into an argument and I'll just private message them or I'll call them say, Hey, that got a little out of hand. Can we talk it out or maybe meet? And sometimes it works great. And sometimes it's, you know, forget it. Yeah. So, yeah I think that's the, the so, but we do have a responsibility uh, when we use social media. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, All right. Uh, what worship song right now uh, do you guys love and are putting on repeat? What's a, what's a great worship song right now that you could recommend while we're all adjusting back to life outside of quarantine, back to the real world? Oh, gosh. Song. Uh, oh, there's, there's a couple I could probably say. Um, I only get one, though, right? Yeah. Ooh. Well, while you guys are thinking of one, uh, one that's getting me is uh, the Gettys and Fernando Ortega um, perform oh, together. Um, yeah, they're both awesome. Uh, it's called My Worth Is Not In What I Own. It's a good um, song. So, fantastic song. Really digging that. Um, so... One of the things that I've been really struggling with for the last several months um, is not necessarily like my assurance of salvation, but uh, more like my will to continue. Not necessarily I don't I don't want to be a Christian. Like that's not it. It's more like uh, I don't really want to do any ministry stuff whatsoever <laughs> right now. Uh, I think it's, you know, because of the whole quarantine stuff that I just really haven't been interacting, haven't had personal interactions with people. So it's really kind of bogged me down. Cause I am like a super social person. 
Uh, but you know, there's other things in my life that have kind of contributed to that as well. Yeah. Um, so one of the songs that's really kind of helped me, you know, move forward, um, is, uh, Keith and Chris and Getty song. So, uh, is he will hold me fast. Yeah. It's great. That song's really been like, it, it's brought me to tears a couple of times. Like, and there was a, a few weeks ago, just before I, you know, got Corona, um, there, there was one day, I, I think I had the song on repeat for about two hours. Wow. Just listening to it over and over and over and just being washed in, it's a good in one. that, you know, that heat, that Christ will hold me fast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Matt Papa's album, Look and Live. If you've uh, ever listened to that one, uh, check it out on Apple Music or Spotify. Uh, but there's a lot of great songs on there. Uh, some real familiar songs that you'll know, like Come Behold the Wondrous uh, Mystery. But the song that I, I have to listen to again and again, just because it's so dramatic, is the song of an angel. Um, uh, who is this king based on Psalm 24? Who is this king of glory? Phenomenal song that musically is artistically very, very beautiful. And it, start, and it has different speeds and moments and crescendos and fast. And it's really a dramatic song. And it really fits, I think, Psalm 24 really, really well. So if you haven't listened to that, check out uh, The Song of an Angel by Matt Papa on his Look and Live album. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Uh, if you are not following us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, or Snapchat, make sure you do that. I know Dan. Dan's on. Are TikTok. we on TikTok? Are we on TikTok now? Yeah, wow. Dan, Dan, you're Dan. You're supposed to start it. Yeah, there you go. yeah I don't. I don't know <laughs> about that. I don't TikTok either. But make sure you uh, tune into our social media platforms at the Gospel Forum. And uh, thank you guys so much for your time. And until next time, keep on reforming.